Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. For a better night's sleep, grab a pen, ballpoint pen with the lid. Grab your foot, finger here, thumb here, pen here. Give it a jab. Wake up that pineal gland to release that melatonin and you're going to sleep like a baby. Good morning, Swirl, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 16th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy rocking his new car heart, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, share. Appreciate all of y'all doing that. Email us your questions and comments for tomorrow's new Beach Steppin' podcast. Yeah, tomorrow's already Wednesday. We'll hit the beach to answer your questions and comments. Get them in. No dunks at theathletic.com or leave them in the YouTube comments or tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. INC. And as always, great immaculate items available for sale at nodunks.com. Yeah, Trey's rocking the No Dunks Chicago logo there. That look the balls rough. are back! Yeah, they are, Trey. Oh, Trey <laughs> I had to not, do a shirt about it. Yeah, not yet, not yet, Trey. We'll get to your balls later in the show. We got a I lot got here. enough. I got enough, baby. Oh, we got so much to talk about. Uh, we will get to some of the games from last night, including Trey's Bulls pulling off the victory in overtime. We got a bunch of news, but let's just start with the wedgies, okay? Yeah, the wedgies continue to come fast and furious. Two from one game. First one was a no-brainer wedgie. All right, it was Russell Westbrook coming baseline on a little putback attempt there. Ooh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. jammed it in there. Very, very nice. Oh, nice replay, guys. Good stuff. Love this angle. Love an over-the-top-of-the-backboard. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. There it is. So that's 21. Now, a little bit later in this game, we get number 22. Or did we? Oh, it's a weird one, guys. This one uh, I think is a first. I can't remember ever having a wedgie like this. Rui Hachimura with the jumper. First off, the jumper wedgie from around it's the free softy. throw line. Now it it stops. It wedges. It's there. Whistle is blown. But then the refs get together here, <laughs> and they go, uh-oh, inadvertent <sighs> whistle. Let's Ooh. give the ball to the Rockets. So, so, look, we talked about it last night. The team got together, and we're counting it. Yeah, we're going to count it because, look, the whistle was blown it definitely wedged in there, Lily. We're showing you wedgietracker.com right now where we have 22. We're on pace for 64. It would be a record of all records. But, Lily, do you have a problem with counting that second one? Again, they said inadvertent whistle just gave the ball ultimately to the Rockets. But what do you think? Do we make the right call? Yeah, I think so because the, because you're saying the whistle blew, the game yep. was stopped. The game was paused because of the wedge. Yes. It wasn't paused Indeed. because of a foul or someone stepping out of bounds. It was like, oh, that's a wedgie whistle blow. Oh, 
I mean, it, they, it didn't stick the landing for sure, but I, I think uh, I think all things considered, especially when you consider what our factors and our parameters are for a wedgie, mm-hmm. I think yes, I think okay. overall you have to side on the on the side of the wedgie. So I'm fine with it. <laughs> okay, hashtag we are wedgie. Trey, you you agree ultimately with this decision? Oh, I 100% agree. I do hate seeing the slow mo replay where you can mm. clearly see the wedgie falling out of the mm. rim, but like Lee is saying. The game was stopped because the ball was wedged. Did they blow the whistle too soon? Yes, but that's the NBA's problem. That's not our problem. Right. You called it perfect as far as I'm concerned. And honestly, many statistics are uh, judgment-based, right? Like you watch an assist, sure. like somebody's triple-double back, and you're like, that was an assist. He handed the ball to Carmelo Anthony at the three-point line. He dribbled four times, and then he got a layup. <laughs> How is that an assist for Damian Lillard? It doesn't add up. This is similar. This is our second wedgie, which is controversial in the least, yeah. but we're the ones making the calls, a little home cooking on the scoreboard. Everybody wants to see those big numbers, so we're just going to keep counting them. Yeah, the Joe Borgia last night for me was I showed Nora. I said, you think we should count this? This is a wedgie? She said, absolutely, that's a wedgie. Absolutely. They blew the whistle. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. Yeah, and in this crazy season, in 2020-21 season, you know, we've already, they've already chopped off 10 games, you know, so we already have less games to work with lately. I think we have to play fast and loose with what we're counting a wedgie. And I don't even think we're going that far with this one because no. if we're being honest, we've seen the whistle called even quicker for wedgies that were like not even there that long. Yeah. As long as that one was the second one in that Wizards-Rockets game. So, all oh, right. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, I'm sure we've upset, upset some of the true, <laughs> you know, wedgie fans out there. But we're counting it. We're at 22, and uh, we're on our way to making uh, making history here. We're on pace making for 64. History. That's just unbelievable. All right. So, some news. Some big names uh, in the trade rumors, or at least being sort of shut down until they're possibly traded. Blake Griffin. Guys, we learned yesterday after the show, he is going to sit while the Pistons Way again, their trade or buyout options for him. Yeah, Blake Griffin, two years ago, all NBA player. Wow. This year, eh, not so much. It's rough. He's averaging like 12 points per game, and he just looks like a shell of his former self. So, Trey, I guess my first question with this is how plausible is it to even trade Blake Griffin if you're the Pistons? I know no trade is untradeable, sorry, no contract is untradeable, but how plausible is it? It's going to be tough, Skeetsy. This, uh, honestly, this whole Blake Griffin thing has been making me feel incredibly old. The man hasn't been a Clipper for a long time at this point. Now he's barely a Piston. He's a holdover from the Stan Van Gundy era in Detroit. And Stan Van Gundy is in is on his second job since being with the Pistons. Remember for a little bit, he was doing commentary for Turner. He was getting these tweets off. Now he's coaching uh, the Pelicans. Uh, he, Blake Griffin, not a part of the Troy Weaver, Dwayne Casey era there in Detroit. Sekou Dembuya, Sadiq Bey, they need a little bit more playing time. So you can understand the Pistons' uh, desires here, but Blake is owed $76 million between this season and next season. He's got a player option next year, considering the fact he doesn't have a dunk yet this season, considering wow. the fact he's shooting under 40% uh, from the field. You have to imagine he's going to be picking up that. The question is what kind of player is, uh, is another team going to be getting here? Can Blake Griffin rejuvenate his career a little bit, just hit the glass, rebound, pass the ball, and hit open threes. That, to me, is a desirable player, but not one that's worth $38 million a season. The Pistons aren't going to want to include any draft picks to try and move this big deal, so it's going to be a buyout. I don't see anybody that's going to be willingly giving up a whole bunch of assets, a whole bunch of contracts for Blake Griffin. He's on such a big deal that it's tough to make it work contract-wise because you got to add a whole bunch of players to it, and that's a tough 
tough ask if you are a contending team and you're trying to add Blake Griffin as a last piece. You don't want to give up two or three pieces just trying to get Blake Griffin. So yeah. it's really tough to find a trade partner uh, for Blake. But once he becomes a buyout guy, once the Pistons and Blake negotiate some sort of deal there and he's able to sign for a small deal, then you're happy to take a flyer on him. Then it's weird to say it's no different than Nikola Batum who had a huge deal with the Hornets. That was a disappointment, but now he's on a tiny deal with the Clippers. All they need him to do is do the small things. It's a lot different when you're making a million dollars compared to $38 million. A trade, I don't see it happening, but a buyout certainly could be big. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, Lee, I'm sure you agree. It's just, it's like nearly impossible to figure out an actual trade. Again, I mean, look, we said that before about other guys and it's happened, but this one probably is going the way of a buyout. So let's uh, let's uh, ask you the question that Trey's setting us up there. If or when he's ultimately bought out here and they and they agree on a number and, and both Blake and, and his uh, obviously reps are happy and the Pistons are happy with it, which team do you think could most use uh, uh, Blake Griffin in a sort of a third or fourth role or maybe even higher? What, 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 do you have your eyes on a team? I know Tass was talking up the Warriors on what you need to know this morning, but what do you think? Yeah. Well, I was trying to get him to the Blazers earlier in this season, uh, but the problem I found was that contract is just too enormous to be able to trade. So if he is a free agent, uh, the Blazers certainly could use another guy who would be their third option. And I think it would be a very valuable option for them on that mm. team. Now, if you're Blake Griffin, you're, you're looking at the money you're owed and you're like, okay, this is a lot of money. Oh, you know, 70-odd million dollars still, still he's owed. But depending on how much he's prepared to give up, he could then go and join a real contender. I don't think the Blazers are a real contender right now. I think right. he would improve them. But let's just say... You know, I mean, you know, he's not going to the Clippers, okay? He's not going back there, but... Um, the Lakers. You know, exactly. Someone like the Lakers where he could really slot in and just maybe even come off the bench for them uh, and just play, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night. And I think he could still thrive in that role because I'm shocked when Trey said he hasn't had a dunk this season because he has, obviously, he's not the same player he was, but he's looked pretty good uh, at some games here, you know? Like, he's been playing well enough that a team like that would be a great boost to have uh, someone like Blake Griffin come off the bench as long as he stays healthy uh, and he accepts that role. So I think um, he and his team have to look there and think, okay, you know, what's more important here right now? You know, the, the money, which is huge, or going to a situation where you can actually contend for a championship? Because if you want the championship, uh, then it's probably out there, but the Pistons are probably going to say, well, you're going to have to give back a significant amount of the money that we owe you. Um, right. Exactly what that figure comes to when you're owed so much, who knows? But uh, if I'm Blake Griffin, you know, I think there's going to be no shortage of uh, teams interested in taking him for free, or, you know, whatever whatever sort of yeah. buyout yeah. contract they get him for. But but as Trey's saying there, a trade right now, basically when the Pistons have also said we've given up on him, uh, I think is incredibly unlikely. Yeah. Celtics names being thrown around as a possible landing spot for him. Again, ultimately, if he's bought out, you have the Lakers. Yeah, I think... Uh, Clippers probably unlikely that he would go back there after how that sort of ended. Uh, so maybe take them off the board. But uh, a lot of teams that I, I'm with you guys, I think in the right role, I, I could see him contributing still. Yeah, Lee, if you've watched him, it's rough. I mean, he has the three-point shot that he had in that All-NBA season, you know, the first year there in Detroit, that he was starting to hit with some consistency, taking a lot. Like it was like seven three-point attempts per game. That's just gone. Um, you know, I was talking to some of the Pistons guys on Twitter yesterday. 
big part of that is he just has no lift. I mean, his mm. legs, his knees are shot. Uh, so his like his athleticism, forget dunking, like it's having effect on even just like him raising up. And I said like he never had like the you know the most fluid looking. Uh, the, he's not. He wasn't the most beautiful shooter of the basketball. Lee, I would say Mm-mm. the way he shot the three when he was hitting it with some consistency. It wasn't. It was pretty. It was pretty flat as it was. Yeah. So now it's even more flat and always hitting the back rim. So, but all that said, you know. I think again, spot minutes, the right team, the right role. Yeah, I'm not ready to like just say like he's washed completely, um, especially with the playmaker that he is too, as he added uh, to his game over the years. But crazy to see that uh, he's already going to be moving out of Detroit. Like he's played his last game for the Detroit yeah. Pistons. He's and, only 31. Uh, I know. 31. It feels a lot, lot older than that. Um, you know, and, and and the thing is, you know, we knew that that athleticism wasn't going to carry throughout his career, especially when he he came in with injuries, uh, and it just happens. You know, you know, every player loses that ability to just uh, explode like he was able to in his first couple of seasons. But if he can really figure out like a Zach Randolph type game, just in the low post, because he's a big, strong guy still, and he's athletic, he can be effective just scoring those two pointers, and then and then when the threes there, step out and knock it down. So yeah. I I certainly would be prepared to take a flyer on him. I mean, a, a, a no risk flyer. For a guy who could potentially really be a a bench impact type of guy, I think there'll be plenty of teams interested in him. Yeah, for sure. I also got into it with Russ, Russ Bankston on Twitter yesterday a little bit. Like, is Blake Griffin a Hall of Famer? Like, if he never played another game right now, Ooh. like ever played another game, because his numbers and accolades are like eerily similar to Chris Webber, who obviously is not yet in the Hall. Um, so I mean, I, we can we can table that for now. We don't need to go on a ten minute. How many uh, All Star games did he end up making? It's like five or six. Is that and, it? And wow. All NBA, he never was a first team All NBA. I don't think. Um, I'm talking Blake here, but he made a lot. Um, yeah, I think maybe five off the top of my head. I don't have his basketball reference page open, but yeah, it's wow. a, He's got you know he's got accolades. He's got numbers. I mean, that's there, but it's it's very Weber like to me. But yeah, we'll do that uh, maybe on another podcast sometime. All right. Next one, another big guy who's available. Uh, Cavaliers, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. They're not going to play Andre Drummond. Uh, they're going to try and trade him before the deadline. I guess on yesterday's show, we got the breaking news from Shams, right, Trey? Mm-hmm. Uh, that there was a possibility of a Raptors-Cavs trade with Drummond. That was maybe in the works, and Woj was pushing back on that a little bit. Well, now the Cavs have come out and said, like, we're just not going to play him. We're doing what we're doing with Blake, and we're going to see what we can get for him here and like make sure he doesn't get hurt, I guess, and give more money, minutes to Jared Allen and stuff like that. So, Lee, it, it's a tough one to figure out because the Cavs, you know, they took him on for, what, a second-round pick and expiring contracts, the bag of beans, as we called it, to get him from Detroit Drummond. So what is his trade value now in an expiring deal, playing well, putting up numbers? Uh, what do you think with Drummond? Yeah, that, the big question is here, because he's an unrestricted free agent after this season, uh, is a team prepared to give up some sort of significant asset to get him for potentially half a season? And uh, that that's the big gamble, because on the court, if you look at the box scores alone, Andre Drummond is a baller, you know. Huge numbers, scores, rebounds, gets the steals, gets the blocks, has added some sort of passing game to his game as well. Like, I think he's a pretty versatile player. Those early games here for the Cavs when I was on the old sex land wagon. Oh, my God, uh, you wear that shirt a lot. <laughs> or maybe it just feels that way because we're always seeing that gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he if, if they had kept up their winning pace, he was going to the All-Star game again, I think, for right, sure. Right. I mean, he was putting up those numbers. but And he's only 27. So what, what, you know, a team like the Mavericks for me need a big guy. They need a big guy to help their, their defense and their, their rebounding. I mean, is he, what would the Mavericks give up him? I mean, I, there's no question they would not, I don't think, give up a first round pick. It would only be sort of assets that they could move on from. But then, you know, if, if he's going to be moved and the team's like, listen, we want to take this guy and potentially re-sign him long term, 
uh, then then they maybe are prepared to give up a little bit more in terms of that asset or a young star player. So it, it's very difficult. You're not going to get any commitment out of him anyway, I don't think, for next season. I think he's just going to play it out wherever he goes. And if things go well, then I guess he's likely to give that team the first chance to re-sign him next season. But he's going to get a big contract too. We, we, we I don't think he's a max guy, but he's going to get paid big because he delivers when he's out there on the court. So there's the potential there but you just don't know if the risk is worth it for this season. This is not like a Kawhi Leonard Raptors thing where it's like this guy goes and immediately improves the team right. significantly right. to win the championship. But, you know, he's a big man. He's an active big man who can rebound, who can defend. And uh, again, he puts up those numbers on the offensive end, but he's not a great, you know, low post sort of guy who's got, who's got all sorts of moves in his book either. Like he's more like a lot of rebounds, oops, putbacks and things like that. Is he worth a first-round pick? I think it depends on if the team is desperate enough and they think that he can be the uh, the changer for them this season. But who's that team? That's that's the question. I, I can't really find a team that's prepared to do that myself. Right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> okay, well, the Mavericks, let's say, I saw this over at, uh, I think it was Bleacher Report, Greg Swartz. The Mavericks, to get Andre Drummond, like you said, he sort of fits a role for them. I, it makes some sense. You know, they were reeling a little bit. You know, they didn't get off to that hot start. I, okay, he would help, I think. What would it take? Dwight Powell, James Johnson, and then let's say second round picks. Because I don't know about a first round pick. Uh, but maybe two second round picks, 2021 and 2022. Is that something like you think the Cavs would be looking at here in return? Dwight Powell, James Johnson, and then again, these second round picks. Does that intrigue you at all, Lily? Yeah, I mean, I mean the second round picks and Dwight Powell for sure. James Johnson at this part of his right. career is just there to make the numbers work. Uh, Dwight Powell, yeah, I think he, he's kind of a good, active, young younger player that sort of fits their timeline a little bit more. Um, but yeah, you, you, if you can get two picks in return, those second rounders, which basically you gave up one to get him, then that's probably about as good as the offer's going to get. You get the young player, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get some uh, draft assets in return. Yeah, there's no. I don't even think the Mavericks have got a first round to give up right now. Or no, I don't uh, think so. yeah, it's no. The so Knicks, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but but certainly a team like the Mavericks could use him because they just need a presence there. They need someone. Porzingis has been okay since he's back, but he's just not that defensive stopper. They need someone. And Andre Drummond's defense could be better for sure. But his presence in for terms of just grabbing rebounds, taking a little bit of the heat off Luca for doing that. Luca does a great job rebounding the ball. Right. I think would be uh, important. And then get the other end. Running the pick and roll and, and uh, Drummond would be good for them. He would open up the floor a little bit. So I think the Mavericks do try to get him. Uh, it's just uh, what they've got in, t- in terms of uh, assets to entice the Cavs. What do you think, Trey, uh, with Drummond? Do you, see a, do you see a potential trade package with another team? Uh, hell, even your Bulls, would they get involved in Drummond? Is there like an auto porter and a second round pick for, for AD? As a, I mean, I don't know if that's enough either, but what do you think? Well, Wendell Carter Jr. came back last night, but him and Laurie Markinev both had trouble staying on the court mm-hmm. for the Bulls. So, I mean, if you're just talking about Otto Porter, another guy who's not on the court quite a bit, sure, I'm in on that because I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be much bigger return for Drummond this year compared to last season. I actually like this suggestion from Darth in the stream team who says Drummond to the Knicks for Frank Nilakina. Kevin Knox, and a couple of other fillers. Yeah. That's not a bad little deal for the Pistons. I mean, you're, or for the Cavs, you're not getting a lot of great return, no doubt about it, and Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, but at least they're young players who could potentially grow into something. Uh, they're playing with the Cavs, playing fast, just running up and down the court. 
I don't know about the deal with the Mavericks. I don't know that the Cavs are going to want to bring in another big guy when they're trading away two of their big guys after they just traded for a big guy. So for them, I'm looking for somebody that could potentially help in the future on the wing. I know they got Isaac Okoro there in the draft this year, mm-hmm. but they still need another guy. So I don't know. Of, of the random suggestions you're seeing right now of an actual trade, I don't mind this one for the Knicks uh, yeah. just because it's a couple of guys who have not had great starts to their NBA career. But sometimes you just need a little change of scenery to bounce back because Drummond, I think he needs to be on a team that is trying to go from mediocre to good. That's kind of what the Cavs were doing. They got out of Drummond exactly what they needed. Hopefully they can bring an asset back, but it helped establish Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, right? Gave him a pick and roll partner, gave him somebody that can help on the glass inside, somebody that can sometimes help a little bit with the playmaking duty, but Drummond isn't contributing a ton to wins. Somehow he's shooting under 50%, despite being one of the biggest, most athletic guys in the rim, or most most athletic guys in the league. So if he ends up being bought out, something that hasn't been really discussed yet, I could see him working out okay on a team like the Warriors. If Draymond Green says, hey man, all you're doing is rolling to the basket. Roll Mm -hmm. to the basket every single time. Be James Wiseman, because Drummond really gets into trouble when he's trying to be a playmaker, when he's trying to do too much on a good team, he hopefully has to do very little besides just rebound and roll to the rim and try and be at the rim on defense. But on a team that's going from, you know, play in tournament to trying to make the playoffs, you're asking a little bit more and you're asking a little bit more from Andre Drummond. Let's see how that goes. Well, you brought up Draymond Green there. Lee, I wanted to get your uh, opinion on Draymond Green's comments, his post-game comments last night, because he just went on like a, I don't know, it was like a two and a half, three-minute rant, basically, about the uh, what he's calling the NBA's double standard when it comes to like sitting these guys down, the organization with the, with uh, you know Blake Griffin and, and uh, the, the Pistons with him and then the Cavs with Andre Drummond. And like, that's fine. That's no big deal. But, you know, James Harden or Anthony Davis, guys that request trades sort of just get raked across the media right and fans and stuff like that and why why don't we do that with the the teams um again we don't have the clip for you but hopefully mm. you guys can go watch it but you saw it what do you, what do you think what do you make of draymond green's uh again pretty epic rant there yeah i mean he, he's got some points there uh it depends uh, uh, the reporting on andre drummond was that apparently he didn't want to sit out you know yeah, the, the, yeah. the team basically said we're giving your minister jared allen and we're going to move on from you. So we don't, basically, we don't want you to get injured. We want to keep your trade value high. And so he's saying, but the team is now expecting you to stay professional, stay ready, and to do sure. all the right things. Whereas James Harden in Houston, and, and Draymond Green acknowledges, you know, he dogged at his last few games and days there in Houston, you know, didn't look in great shape, didn't play well, and then called out the team. But he's claiming that the uh, circumstances are basically the complete opposite in terms of one time you've got the player saying I want out and then you've got the franchise saying to a guy we're getting rid of you so we're going to move on from you and that that's the double standard in that that people will jump on James Harden and say that's unprofessional what you did but the league or the team the Cavs get a pass for just saying well we're going to move on from him so we're not playing for him so right and he also brought up like the mental uh, health aspect of what that could do to a player yeah like like Drummond he's saying or anyone right like suddenly a team saying no we just don't want you to play and you're going to be moved, and we'll just figure it out. And, like, you know, the effect that that can have on a guy. He brought that yeah. up as well. Yeah, like. yeah so, um, you know, he, he, he's he got a point. Um, I, I think uh, I think Andre Drummond, I, don't, I haven't seen him playing as badly as James Harden sort of did because James Harden's sort of attitude on the floor and just the shape he looked in, which was incredible how he just seemed to lose that weight as soon as he put on a Brooklyn Nets uniform. It was a crazy transformation. But uh, Drummond... 
is different because he's been kind of playing, but the team has been sucking lately. They've gone on a they've gone on a terrible uh, losing strip streak here. So, uh, you know, Drummond's right. playing for a contract, man. Yeah, yeah, he's... he is. But um, but but Harden, I think his his anger is really more towards the uh, fans rather than the league. I, I think because fans were the ones who really jumped on James Harden uh, more so than the league. I mean, the league didn't really step in and do anything. Uh, it was more just James Harden was like, I want out of here, and unless you trade me, I'm just going to really sulk my way out of it, yeah, and eventually yeah. got his deal done. So, uh, Whereas Andre Drummond, it's basically like, you know, we always hear it's a business. And it's like, listen, don't be loyal to a team because they'll get rid of you as soon as they can if they don't feel you're providing value to the team. And that's kind of what the Cavs are doing right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Trey, of uh, Draymond's comments? I mean, I don't know. It's a it is a double standard between teams and players. You know, a te- uh, a fan always wants the t- the team to do the right thing. A fan always wants the team to uh, do exactly what they can to make the team better, and that's really all they care about. They care about the players while they're there, but when a player asks out, you're like not a part of the team anymore, right? Right, right. When you wear a farewell shirt to your last game as a Detroit Piston, I guess you're not quite as a part of the team, which is why Jerry Seinfeld said did not root for laundry, right? That's exactly why. So that's just the way it is. If you're a fan of a team, you want all the players to want to be there. But if you are on a team, you also, you know, it's not just money that's going to keep you happy. You want to be playing for a championship. Look at Andre Drummond. He's played on bad teams for the entirety of his career. Uh, Now he wants to try and win a championship. They're telling him he's out of the plans for Detroit. Or for, for Cleveland, yeah, he's out of the plans for Detroit as well. Who knows at this point? They're the exact same team, uh, really. They're both uh, Eastern Conference Central Division foes who have been struggling in the 2020s. But um, I don't know. Uh, there are good ways to handle a trade request because, you know, when Kevin Garnett finally wanted out of Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves fans were happy for him. He gave it his all there. He tried to win a championship, but there are poor ways to handle uh, a trade request as well, which we have seen time and time and time again. Yeah. So there's no way to make everybody happy when you're trying to get away from a team. You're it's just who you're okay with making upset. Yeah. Again, highly recommend you go uh, find the clip of Draymond Green uh, talking to the media last night. Uh, I'm not even sure he was asked a question about it. I think he just like wanted to talk about it because they had just been playing um the the Cavaliers and he said he saw Drummond obviously was like going through the motions getting his workout in pregame and then went back and changed into street clothes because he wasn't going to be playing in the actual game which is weird it, it, it there is no doubt weird especially when the guy wants to play like you were saying Lee it sounds like Blake and his reps with the Pistons yeah. have come to a very mutual agreement of like okay let's let's not play let's figure this out let's come to an agreement it's likely going to be a buyout so they're just going to be figuring out the number value uh, whereas the drumming thing is a little more like no i sort of want to keep playing i'm playing well i mean he was in the all-star you know conversation for sure until they went on this really mm-hmm. really cold patch and there's just so many good players obviously in the eastern conference bigs that he's probably not going to make it but like he was going to be on on his way there so very weird, but again, check out Draymond Green's comments. Let's hear what you guys think, too, in the stream team, and, and uh, let us know in the YouTube comments. All right, next one here. Big man, Anthony Davis. He's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks with that calf strain, Trey. Yeah, we got the uh, sort of the MRI back, and uh, he's at least going to be down for a couple weeks. Not really surprising, right? Not really surprising. Looked like a bad injury anytime. Well, it didn't look like a bad injury, but you don't like to see somebody immediately grab down at their Achilles right after, right? I mean, the good thing with Anthony Davis, as we found out, it wasn't a tear. He didn't go down rolling on the ground, the usual Achilles stuff. But when you Mm -hmm. see a guy reaching back there, you assume the worst. Nonetheless, 
The big thing from this is that the Lakers aren't getting the one seed this year. The Jazz have been too good. Anthony Davis in the first place has not been George Mike in this, this season. He's been top 15 in the league more so than like a top five. The Lakers have been sleeping their way to wins, but they have been winning these games, but they've been playing close games. And it helps when you can throw out Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter, somebody who's going to help you get stops every single time down when you actually need it. Obviously, with no Anthony Davis there, it's going to be a lot harder without their defensive anchor. Kuzma has been good this season. He'll do a good job in a little bit bigger role. Gasol, Montrez Harrell, THT will all get a little bit more time. They're still going to be a good team. They're just not going to be the Lakers that we saw last season. They're not even going to be the Lakers that we saw this season. So to me, it's okay for LeBron to take a little bit of a step back here. If I'm the Lakers, it would hurt his MVP chances, but the guy is playing 38 minutes per game in February. I'm not one of those people who thinks that LeBron's going to get tired in the playoffs because he's playing a lot in February, but it seems to me like uh, it would kind of be pointless to be chasing after the one seed, knowing how well the Jazz are playing and how little seeding actually matters to the Lakers. Mm. As long as they're healthy come playoff time, they're going to be the favorites in the Western Conference. They're going to be able to win a game in Utah, right? They're going to be able to win a game in Denver if they absolutely need to. The season, the regular season doesn't matter for the Lakers uh, outside of getting healthy and LeBron potentially winning MVP. So those two things are kind of at odds with each other because now would be a great time to go on a run if you're LeBron. You know, play 40 minutes a game, average a triple-double for a month. (laughs) Those are things that really cement your lead as the MVP candidate, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's exactly what they're going to want to do because it's all about the ring when it comes down to it. Yeah, the other only thing I would add to this is uh, with the All-Star game, Lee, I Mm. wonder what the coaches do with Anthony Davis. Like, I think he would have been a no-brainer still as an all-star selection, right, from the coaches, even though he's having, like, not a <laughs> yeah. great year for himself, but he's still, like he, he, like Trey said, he's still, you look at him, he's like, yeah, the guy's still top 15 in the league, even at his worst. But will, because of this injury, uh, will they take a pass on him? Uh, or will they just name him, and then there obviously will be a replacement? So this is good news for one of those fringe mm. all-star candidates, um, I think, in the West to ultimately uh, either just get selected because they overlook AD, which again, I think is unlikely, or more uh, more likely, uh, you know, Commissioner Silver in the NBA picking uh, an injury replacement. That's good news for like an SGA, maybe, yeah. uh, like all a right, Fox, right. stuff like that. You know, I think it, it helps their chances, right? Yeah, I, I think they'd probably just go ahead and pick him anyway, knowing that it doesn't I really so matter. Too. You know, yeah. the, the, the coaches, uh, the, the commissioner does make that choice if there is an injury replacement. It's interesting. I mean, I, I guess he's a lock too. I mean, he's putting up moderate yeah. numbers by his standards, but it's the Lakers. They're coming off uh, a championship and he was incredible down there in the bubble, particularly there in the finals. So I think it's sort of that respect vote that gets him in more so than his uh, actual play this season uh, because I think I, I have him I had him as MVP I mean he's nowhere near MVP right now but I think when you have those standards set so high seeing a guy only returning 22 and 8 you feel like it's bad I mean they're still very very impressive numbers it's just he hasn't quite sort of taken the step that I was hoping but the thing for me this injury you know two or three weeks hopefully he's back of course but just when you hear calf and Achilles together I'm just like oh I just don't like hearing that word you know I just mm-hmm. I hope all it is is a calf strain and, and, and they take as long as they need to get him back because it just sort of feels feels a little bit like the Kevin Durant situation there, you know, where it was like calf Achilles and it's like uh, they, they kind of rushed him back and it blew right. up in their face for Golden State. So obviously we don't want to see anything like that for Anthony Davis. And uh, he's a big guy. He's had some injuries in the past. He's been pretty good the last couple of seasons, actually. But uh, yeah, just uh, oh, Achilles, that word right now. I mean, obviously Clay Thompson's out as well. And 
you know, several guys have been uh, affected by it. So I, I just hope that it's nothing more serious than just uh, sort of extended rest slash precaution at this stage. Yeah, for sure. We're not seeing AD in a Lakers uniform until, let's call it mid-March, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe at the earliest, but, uh, and that's probably the right play. I mean, you're not going to... You're not going to go crazy with him having to be out there. Like Trey said, they don't really probably care about the one seed. Let the nah. Jazz run away with it. You're probably going to have to play the Clippers maybe just in a round, bef- a round earlier, right? If they if they uh, end up on the same side and they end up playing each other. So we'll see. All right, final piece of news. Just quickly, yesterday, Devin Booker and the Pistons rookie Sadiq Bey were named the Western and Eastern Conference Players of the Week by the NBA. Now, Booker... He averaged 32 points per game, five assists, five boards. Sun stayed perfect in the week, 4-0. Okay, Devin Booker. I think it might be his first uh, player of the week, which is a little surprising. I guess the Suns don't win a lot of games, so maybe it's not. Anyway, he got his. Meanwhile, Bay, yes, Pistons rookie, Sadiq Bay. He averaged just 17.8 points per game and five and a half rebounds for the Pistons. They had a good week. They went 3-1, and one. and records are really, really important with these players of the week, and this is just the NBA's like criteria. They just want to give it to like a, a guy that's obviously putting up decent numbers on a winning team from that particular week. But those are not amazing numbers. <laughs> um, if we're just being honest, I'm happy for him. He had one monster game, right? He had that 30-point game. He had seven threes, and then the rest was just you know average, uh, but good for a rookie. But here he is getting this, and you're like, what's going on? Why? Well... I think the reason is it was a rough week for all the top Eastern Conference teams, like yeah. the Bucks and the Sixers and the Nets and the Celtics. Like they just had average or you know below average weeks in terms of winning games. And I think your boy Terry Rozier would have gotten it, Lee, had the Hornets beaten the Spurs on Sunday. So I like to know that the NBA is not a Lee Ellis and they don't do just a <laughs> that'll do. They actually say, no, we're not going to give it to the Hornets and Terry Rozier who went 2-2 two and two after that loss to the Spurs, though he had great numbers. And they like tried to like go find a go find a guy that was contributing on a on a winning team in the week, and they went with uh, with Bay. But do you, I think Rozier would have had this if they had beaten the Spurs on Sunday? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would think so. I mean, uh, he had seventy four points in uh, the last two games on the Friday and Sunday, but uh, of course, only one was in a victory. But, yeah, because uh, he would have uh, been if they had beaten the Spurs, he would have been three and one the Hornets, yeah. and he would have had much more impressive numbers than yeah. than Sadiq Bay. So anyway. Let's, it's pretty let's, rare for a rookie uh, to get players. Oh, like yeah, that. for yeah. sure. And again, especially on a team like the Pistons, that is a, a team that's been bad all season, you would yeah. sort of think they would uh, throw throw a bone to someone else. But uh, let's get hot and heavy oh, over the come players on, of come the Come on, week. you must be crazy. This is an ultimate bone throw. This is an ultimate that'll do. This is Sadiq Bey. You had a great week. You might not get another award <laughs> in your NBA career. We're throwing you a bone right now. Yeah. Enjoy this. Enjoy wow. the player of the week. We're talking about Sadiq Bay, guys. I Sadiq know. Bay. Yeah. What did the Bulls do? do. What did, hey, what did the Bulls do in last week? Did they uh, go two and two, two or something like I that? Think so, yeah, yeah. Zach Levine probably would have been close too if if they uh, get one more win. You just had to have a three and one record by the looks of it, and I don't think a lot of Eastern Conference teams had that piston streak there. <laughs> so That's right. Hey, Hey, Mason Plumley also had a triple oh, yeah. double. Oh, yeah. This was a big week for the Pistons. Big, big week for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, let's get to some of the games from last night. Some good ones. Uh, Lee, first one, Jordan Clarkson. My God. Goes for 40 off the bench in the Jazz victory versus Ben Simmons, who played phenomenal without Joel Embiid and the 76ers. What's your big takeaway from this one? Well, yeah, Jordan Clarkson was incredible coming off the bench. Uh, He's been very good this season. He's the second leading scorer there on the Jazz. And this was his line here last night. He finished with uh, 13 for 20 from the field, 8 for 13 from three, 40 points, one assist, two steals. That's what he did. (laughs) Not a a rebound there at all for Jordan Clarkson. But uh, no, he's been great. And uh, again, I know we've talked about a lot coming in to the offseason. It's like they paid him the four years, 52 million. I thought, that's a lot for a guy who just gives you uh, shooting. And some of that shooting is a bit irrational at times. But this year, it's been great. And it's been so important for Utah to, to have that guy who literally comes off the bench and says, I'm firing away, because he only played 29 minutes last night. Uh, and the uh, and the Jazz had to actually come back from a big deficit for them, from the Sixers, who were without Joel Embiid mm-hmm. last night. Joel Embiid was a late scratch due to back tightness. And uh, Ben Simmons had a career high, 42 points. And if you look at his shot chart, every single made basket, no surprise, is, is virtually from within the paint, 15 mm-hmm. for 26 from the field and 12 assists. But it just got me really puzzled, like, and Ben Simmons has actually been playing pretty well for the last 10 or 11 games, scoring the ball a lot more. But against one of the best defenses in the league, he just was relentless attacking the paint and scoring. Why don't we see a little bit more of that from him? That, that's yeah. the frustrating part for me. It's like, you know, because it's not like, well, Joel Embiid was out, so that's the only reason he was doing it. It's like he uses his speed. He can get inside. He's virtually unblockable when he's going up and matched up against the other team's guard because he can jump high and release those floaters and hook shots and, and, and layups. And it's like, you know, sometimes you see Ben Simmons have take like three shots for a game, four shots. Mm-hmm. It's like, why isn't he more aggressive like that in more games? I think that's a very important factor for the Sixers because they've dropped three in a row now uh, on a rough West Coast trip for them. But it just feels to me that uh, Ben Simmons, who's actually averaging a career low in points this season, really should be closer to 20 points a game. He can easily get there, I think. Um so I wonder if this will be maybe the kickstart of something else or if he'll just settle back into that role. He said he's been taking care of his mental health and his mental approach. And last night, I mean, he was super aggressive just going inside. Mm-hmm. So, he also hit his free throws last night. Yeah, yeah. That but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I just, you know, it's, it's like 42 points fairly easily against a very good defensive team last mm-hmm. night. So I hope we see a bit more of that, uh, a bit more aggressive Ben Simmons trying to score the ball. Because yeah. the one thing he does uh, that he's he's kind of gotten rid of a little bit from his game, still does it from time to time, is he goes into the paint and he jumps and he's not looking to score at all. He's looking for that pass off. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're that close. You've got that soft touch. Finish those off a little bit yeah. more. So yeah, yeah good game. Jazz win again. Entertaining. Jazz won 19-20. Yeah. Trey, uh, eight straight now. Their role, and I actually got a little trivia question for you guys. You want to play mm. off of the Clarkson? Uh, you want to play a game? Yeah, eight threes. Can you name the other jazz players to hit eight threes in a game? Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> that's correct. Donovan? No, no, that's a surprise one. Yeah, oh, you you know all these guys. One guy, one guy currently plays for them, so that's a 
Joe Ingles. No, not uh, Joe. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now we got two that are um, one guy still playing in the league, one guy not. I don't know where this guy is. He's a fun name. He was a high draft pick. You forget maybe that he played for the Jazz, but uh, get, get the guy that plays right now. Um, he got paid this offseason despite having an injury, actually, coming off an injury, and everyone was like, whoa. All right, good. Despite news. having an injury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of a, a wing, like a wing guy. Um, plays in another Western Conference team. A good Western Conference team. Not elite, but uh, you just don't talk about this guy often. It's all good in the... Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. Right. <laughs> it's all good wow. in the Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rodney Hood. I and love then, it. And then this one. This one's the fun one. You probably think of this guy as a Minnesota Timberwolf. Randy Foy. Randy Foy. Wow. Nice pull, Trey. I do think of him as a yeah. Timberwolf. wolf. Yeah. Wasn't he a very high draft pick? Yeah, yeah, he was. yeah, yeah. He was a five, five, ten guy for five, sure. Five, six, yeah. yeah. There you go. Those are the uh, five guys now when you add Clarkson in the mix. Horny, Hood, Foy, and Bogdanovich. Only Utah Jazz players did eight threes in a game, at least in the regular season. But you nailed it, Lee. This was an entertaining up and down fun game you know no Embiid certainly helps but this jazz team they're built different than most of these jazz teams for the past couple of seasons it's been we're going to play defense we're going to be a great defensive team and maybe we'll score enough to be able to beat you last night they said who cares about defense we're (laughs) completely outscoring you I'm not joking you wouldn't get this from the jazz very often right Mm -hmm. they're great defensively they're second in the league but last night it was just pickup ball they were just running and gunning for the entirety of the game Royce O'Neal hit a couple of nice uh, fourth quarter threes. Uh, I think you see Ben Simmons scoring 40 as part of the reason that you can tell that this was not a defensive game. This was the Jazz coming out and saying, we're going to try and score 140 points. Yeah, They got really close. And that's not what you expect from the Jazz. So I don't know. I am reevaluating them every single night that I see them play. And I'm seeing them tick up and up and up and up in the standings here in in my personal rankings. So, yeah, I mean, if the Jazz are going to completely flip the script and be an incredible offensive team for the entirety of the year, if they're going to be an offense-first team, I can talk myself into the Jazz. <laughs> but also I can talk myself into the takes that we're going to start hearing once we get close to playoff time. Did the Jazz have another gear? Oh, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. did the Jazz have what it takes? <laughs> did they peak too soon? I can't did wait for Did they peak too soon? Oh, yeah, you started hearing on the broadcast yeah. last night. Don't want to be playing your best ball in February. No, no, That's facts, no. but they look different. They look yeah. different. I like it. I also just love that saying because it's like, well, what do you want us to do? Yeah, you want us yeah. like to play worse? Like, should we just yeah. start fumbling the ball away? We, hey, we don't want to play our best ball in February. We want to play. So let's just start like pretending we forget how to play basketball. It's just a, such a funny line, though there is some truth to it. It just means if you're going to pick the time to play your best, make sure it is come playoff time. But they're rolling right now, Lee. And, and yeah, every game I watch them, you become more convinced that it's yeah. not like just some, by no means now at this point, some lucky streak or something like that. Like Trey said, they're winning some games, just shooting lights out. We'll play all offense. And then they all they still have that awesome defense that, that won them the game the other night when it was that mm-hmm. ugly affair with the with the Heat. So uh, they're damn good. I mean, they're not going to be an easy out. I mean, they were up no. 3-1 against the Nuggets who went to the conference finals last year, right? I mean, they yeah. had that series in the bag. And, and then, you know, kudos to Denver for coming back. But like... It's a different story if they take care of them in five and then whatever happens in the next round. But mm. Jazz are free. And, and, and uh, they didn't have Bogdanovich down there, and I think he makes a big True. difference to them. I mean, True. again, three one up, you should close out the series anyway. Yeah. But also, uh, Joe Ingles, uh, I mean, he's been filling in for Conley in the starting lineup. He's been great. Every single game, there's a beautiful play that Ingles and uh, Rudy Gobert run where, you know, they often do a lot of pick and rolls with each other. 
And then you see the defense waiting for that pick and roll, and Joe just cruises in for a gorgeous little left-hand layup. It happens every game, but it's a, it's a, it's it's almost like a Kyle Anderson slow-mo left-handed sure. layup. But it uh, it happens. But again, the, the chemistry and that they've got together uh, with that team, that continuity, I think you're starting to see that pay off because these guys have been together for a few seasons now. So I, I think that's the benefit of staying with those teams and not blowing it up after what happened last season. They didn't fire the coach. You know, they gave Rudy the big contract. So they said, listen, we, we think this is the right team. We just mm-hmm. got uh, you know, to play better than we did in closing out a series. Yeah, brought favors back. And that uh, unlocked everything. He's played great for them, obviously, in a backup role. I mean, we've, we've been joking about LeBron and the MVP narrative, like it's over Trey, you know, Vogel saying it's his and can anybody catch him and all that. And it's still very much in play, I think. I don't know about six man of the year. I think that might be a wrap. I think Clarkson is legit running away with it. I'd be shocked if he doesn't win it. And Quinn Snyder maybe as coach of the year too. I mean, if they had the number one seed in the West, no one saw that. I mean, people were still, people were were high on the Jazz. People still believed in the Jazz. Um, but number one seed, but you know, possibly by a mile. If they're there, I think he would win that award. And especially with how he sort of unlocked them offensively and shooting a bunch more threes too. I think you get that little bit of a storyline always helps your case. So Clarkson, probably no-brainer. Eh, you know, obviously tons of season left here for uh, Quinn Snyder to maybe get coach of the year. All right, next game. Let's keep it going here. Julius Randle scores 44 points. Yeah, 44 as the Knicks beat the slumping Hawks. <laughs> 123-112. Oh my God, Atlanta. Atlanta's a mess right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's uh, focus on the Knicks. Timing is everything when it comes to the All-Star game, right? When it comes to the coaches' selections, man. And Randall, mm, good timing right now, what he's doing. The 44, career best seven three-pointers in this game. He was special, you know, chipping in the boards and assists as well. He's had great numbers all year long. The Knicks are winning. Uh, They're nearly at 500. The Knicks, if they beat the Magic, I think, on Wednesday, are at 500. This is the New York Knicks. Like, this is uh, something to celebrate here. But this is good timing because I tweeted it last night. I wanted to get your take, Trey and Lee. I feel like three of these guys are probably not going to make the All-Star game in the Eastern Conference. Three of these four guys, Sabonis, Vucevic, Gordon Hayward, and Julius Randle. Now, maybe it's just two, but I think it's very possible that three of those names I just said are not there. So my point is, hey, Randle, good timing. Like, for all these guys, hey, if you want to get in this game, ramp it up now. Because Sabonis, remember, he was a lock. Like, we were like... This guy, this guy was in the MVP conversation for the, through the first like two or three weeks, and we were like, "Yeah, he's an all-star lock again." I'm not so sure now with the way they've fallen off a little bit. His numbers mm-hmm. have come back to earth, and it's like again, it's like it's just funny. You could have the exact same numbers, two guys, but if you had your really good month in the first month, and the other guy had his really good month in the second month or closer to the all-star game selections, uh, more likely they're going to go with that guy. Do you know what I mean? If the records are comparable and all that, but. uh what do you think about those four names and, and just Randall the way he's playing, Trey? Well, you don't want to be playing your best basketball in February, Skeets. <laughs> oh, you do if you want to make the All-Star <laughs> team. But you do if you're making the All-Star team because DeMontis Sabonis, he's slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about his great start. It was basically the first week of the season, and we all remember it because he was averaging a triple-double. He was mm-hmm. incredible, but you're starting to see the Pacers' uh, lack of playmakers on the outside, on the perimeter, take their toll on Sabonis. He's not able to dominate every single matchup every single night takes the right sort of a a defender for him to really dominate. So I could see him missing it, but I don't see Julius Randle missing the game at all. I mean, with the way the Knicks are playing, with how well he has played from the start of the season till now, he's putting up, uh, able to get close to his career highs. 
and the Knicks look like a resurgent team. People are excited for the Knicks to be back. They're even more back than the Bulls. I can't believe I just said it, but it's true. But it's true. They're getting an all-star. And I think that you want a New York Knicks all-star there rather than a Gordon Hayward, rather than a DeMontis Sabonis. And who's the other guy? Vucevic. Vucevic, Vucevic, certainly. Uh, I mean... He has just the same case, basically, that a Zach Levine would, Nick Vucevic does, that uh, Gordon Hayward, a similar case where you're yep. the best player on a team that's really just trying to get into the play-in tournament. But right now, I would say Randall is the lockiest of those four. I don't mm. uh, I don't know that necessarily any of those is 100% sure a lock because we still got a few weeks here, but I think Randall is in the lead amongst those four guys. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? You agree with that? You're the biggest Knicks fan I know. <laughs> yeah, no, Randall for me is a, is a lock. He's putting up like incredible numbers there, uh, not just shooting and rebounding, but putting up five and a half assists a game as well, but shooting the ball incredibly well, 47% from the field and then 40% from three. Uh, so he's doing a lot, and the Knicks are back in terms of where the Knicks have been the last few years, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know what Julius Randle's doing right now? He's having the Blake Griffin year from two years right. ago with the Detroit Pistons. Right. That's what's yeah. going right. on. Yeah. But if you if you look strictly at numbers, Vooch is basically putting up the same points and rebounds as Randle, but his team is 10 and 18 below the Atlanta yeah. Hawks. So that counts against Vucevic, I think. I think he mm-hmm. might miss out simply because the Magic had a hot start, but they have really bottomed out as well. As far as Gordon Hayward... I think he's probably more of a lock than, uh, no, I mean, not a lock, but more likely to get in than uh, Sabonis at the moment because mm-hmm. he's been so good for the Hornets. And they're also winning. They're a couple of games below 500, and the paces are at 500. So he might just get that, oh, well, yeah, you've been doing great bump, you know, whereas um, Sabonis puts up solid numbers and he's a solid player, but he doesn't do the sort of highlight reels, the standout stuff. Um, and Gordon Hayward doesn't do lots of highlight stuff, but he's been clearly the Hornets' best player uh, and been very effective. So I think right now, yes, Randall is So if you're ranking sure. them, it sounds like you have Randall. Then yeah. it sounds like you have Hayward yes. and Sabonis and Vooch because you hate yeah. Vooch. Yeah. I do get lots of hates for Vooch. He's been good this season, no doubt about it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, but again, the point that I've always made is, you know, he's putting up 23 and 11. With, you know, if you're putting up 20 and 10, you're playing well. But his team is 10 and 18, so I'm not sure how impactful that is that his team winning. Right. That's my Can we point. say the same with Trey Young? We could say the same with Trey yeah. Young. Yeah, I mean, mm, but, but you know, like like anytime Vooch has a numbers, uh, yeah, I get these tweets and people saying, you know, you still hate him. And I'm like, listen, I had Vooch in the All-Star game before anyone else did, like five years ago you know I was, on Vooch, over I, was on, I was on Vooch Island way back in the day right and right. uh and people were like why are you on Vooch Island and I'm like I'm having a great time and then I caught a boat out of there I went to Wiggins Island but uh I just I just you know my, my point about Vooch is yes he's he's a very reliable consistent player nice mid-range game and all that um you know he just gets those numbers but the magic don't really it doesn't move the needle all that much mm-hmm. for the magic yeah, yeah. but no, but no, and listen sure. if he you know if he makes the all-star game i'm not going to be upset i'm not going to be crying and starting to fight anyone <laughs> right. i just i just feel that what gordon hayward has done for the for the for the uh hornets this season it's like wow he's like he came in with that huge contract what are you doing hornets and the hornets have been played they've had other factors of course but yeah. i think he's been their best player and would be their only all-star if they get one Okay. Yeah, I, I think Randall's uh, sure. Again, timing is everything with this, and he's coming on. He's had an awesome year, and the victories are piling up for the Knicks, uh, being fourteen and fifteen. You know, RJ Barrett had I thought a really good game last night. Quickly, I mean, God, this guy, sixteen for the Knicks as well as the Rook, so he was oh, solid. You can and, see why his favorite player was Lou Williams, man. Uh, quickly, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. He, he's just like, this is my shot. This is my time, and uh, and it's great. It's not the prettiest shot in the world, but. 
he believes in it, so go yeah. for it. It's a good thing there's no um, rookie game this All-Star weekend, or he'd be at Magic not City yet. getting some wings. Yeah, not <laughs> not yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we'll see with Randall, man. I, I hope he does make it. That was impor- impressive. You had already mentioned Zach Randolph, I think, in this podcast, league because you were saying maybe Blake can like sort of like mold into that in his later stages of his career here over the next couple. But uh, I just keep thinking every time I watch Julius Randall, that would be Zach Randolph if he like came into the league like a decade later. You right. know what I mean? Like shooting more threes, maybe maybe a little bit more in shape uh, physically. But there's like it's I know it's the lefty thing and all that, but there's there's some similarities. Uh, it's just like the next generation of a Zach Randolph. So happy to see uh, Rand, uh, Randall playing well. And you you saw probably after the game, Tass had it on what you need to know the podcast today, the mini recap. Like the guys, the Knicks guys, like going to bat for him, right? Like this guy's an all-star. He should be in there. That that helps. That does. And I always think when it comes to the coaches, because we've talked about this before, are they more likely just to go, mm, Sabonis, he's, he was already an all-star. Okay, put him back in. Vooch was already an all-star. At one point. You know, put him back in. Maybe even Hayward too in the West. Or are they like this year, ah, everybody's so close. Uh, we shouldn't maybe even have the game as it is. Let's give it to the new guy. Do you know what I mean? Like that little sort of fresh uh, take there. Let's go with the Randall here. I can't decide which one the coaches might mm. do more in this very weird pandemic season. Yeah, so maybe if you've got an opinion on that, let me know. We'll see. Soon enough. We're going to make our picks too. There's a whole reason to that. We're going to make our all-star picks on Friday on the Drop Podcast. So start thinking, Lee. Find a way to get Vooch <laughs> back in there, man. I uh, want to find, I wanna find the clip when I, when I had him on the island and no one else did. I want right. to just see that. So oh, my dropping. goodness. Oh, going deep in the archives. <laughs> I remember you. that you liked a guy who could shoot an 18-footer. <laughs> I, I remember, remember. Matty O was like, oh, Vooch Island? I know exactly where it is because he was trying to convince us that the magic logo on the court was the Vooch Island, oh, like right. the one that's on the wing where Vooch shoots like a ton of 19-footers before he shot three-pointers. Ridiculous stuff. Come on, Leah. I don't care if you were on Vooch Island. What are you doing on Vooch Island, man? What are you doing over there? I'm just saying, I just want to show that to the people who think that I'm just a born hater. I'm like, bro, I was there, man. Born hater. Born hater. I I think, you know, when I see Orlando games this year, it's like, that. he's money from that mid-range. There's no doubt about it. But they're 10 and 18, so... Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, again, I, I mean, well, we'll get into the Hawks probably later this week, but they are missing DeAndre Hunter. My Thank God. You. Some defense. They give up the most points in the fourth quarter. They just can't stop anyone down the stretch. What's going on with John Collins, of course? That's still, uh, you know, the rumors are picking up a little bit more on that. Are they going to move him? They visit the Celtics this week, and it's like one of those little baseball back to backs here on Wednesday and Friday. So this could get worse for Atlanta before it gets better. They are reeling right now. Final game, uh, trade had to slip it in here for you, big guy. Bulls run past the Pacers. Late flurry there in overtime. 120-112. Yeah, the eight-point victory in OT. What's your big takeaway from this one? Oh, no surprise, Skeets. The Bulls are back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told Laura, you know what? The Bulls can't lose to the Pacers if they're back. And for the first time in five years, the Bulls won in Indiana this wow. was an ugly one. This was an ugly, scrappy win for the Bulls. <laughs> Part of it was the Bulls' defense. You know, I thought Zach Levine was pretty engaged on the defensive end, but part of it was the Pacers just could not make a layup. Sabonis and Turner went a combined 9 for 29 on the night. Some of it certainly was defense, but they also just looked pretty tired, and they were yeah. just chucking the ball at the rim. That was some ugly stuff, but Zach Levine, 30 points. Another 30-point game for him. He's up to 28 a game, sixth in the league. He had a massive three with 30 seconds left. 
did miss one at the buzzer, a tough shot uh, at regulation, but he gave the effort defensively. He was there in overtime. He's an all-star lock. You're seeing him sh- show up on a bunch of people's reserve lists yeah. now. I, d- I think that the that the conversation has moved past Zach Levine, honestly. Like, we're talking about, is Julius Randle an all-star now? Is DeMontis Sabonis an all-star? Levine seems like he's in yep. to me right now. But it wasn't just Zach Levine. A team win, no doubt, for the Bulls. 13, 11, and 4 from Thaddeus Young. Stacey King was calling him Fagic Johnson the way he was setting the table out there. It's honestly easing the load a little bit on Levine. It's asking less from Kobe White, who had a nice game, eight yep. assists, didn't turn the ball over in the second half. Garrett Temple hit a big three in the fourth quarter, 16 points. And my guy, top shot, Tomas Sadoransky, 13 points, four assists, steady play. Pump my bags. Thomas Sadoransky is back. Wendell Carter Jr. returned after an absence. He brought the muscle. Kobe was great. This is one of the best wins of the season for the Bulls. The Pacers, despite the fact that they're struggling, are a legitimate playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You know, they're, they're certainly ahead of the Bulls. So to be able to go into Indiana and actually win a game there for the first time in five years, like I was saying, unbelievable that that was the case, that the Bulls hadn't beat the Pacers. I mean, the Bulls have been bad. But the Pacers haven't been world beaters, you know. No. They haven't been the greatest team. They've been a good team. So yeah, to go there to make uh, to win a game that was an ugly game, to win a game when you're not just scoring 140 points and blowing out the other team or getting super hot from the field, I thought was really impressive. That Zach Levine three over Sabonis, oh, with nasty. Like 27 seconds. I mean, Sabonis played that perfectly. I thought for like a big guy being switched. I mean, it was a, the they allowed the switch too easy, but still, Sabonis was right there uh, on the on the smaller Levine challenged the shot, and like Zach just fading away, splashed great. it. That put them up. And then I guess Zach Levine had a chance to win it at the end of regulation. I tweeted at you, I was like, oh man, I wish he had stopped and popped and just went straight up a little bit more. He like did a super drift, and uh, he obviously didn't hit it. But then came through, uh, you know, uh, still in overtime and got some help, like you said, from Temple. I know he had a hit a little pull up there early, and then Thad was helping on the glass, and Denzel Valentine chipped in. So good win. I'm with you. You know, not the not the prettiest game, but I was mm. I was into it down the stretch. Anytime you get a close one, Brogdon had a weird like fumbling, stumbling, bumbling oh, like uh, yeah. tie up, and I was like, what's going on in this game? But good win. Bulls are back. Everybody knows it. Uh, and just the other games, Beal outdueled Wall. Uh, the Wizards topped the Rockets 131-119. Steph Curry, 36 points as the Warriors dealt the Cavs, their eighth straight loss. Marcus Morris, um, good win for the Clippers without their big star players. 125-118 over the Heat. And then Kyrie in the late, late game scored 40. Harden had a triple-double. The Nets hit, I think, 27 three-pointers against the Kings. No Kevin Durant, of course, but they still got it done. So big game from uh, their two uh, two superstars there. Great stuff. Okay, we'll get to Tweet of the Night. JD has the honor, but first, Lee. Oh, man, you must love this ad read. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com 
slash courtside to learn more. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. JD, Tweet of the Night on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, on a Tuesday. I, I didn't realize till this morning when I jumped into <laughs> the dock that I had Tweet of the Night duties. Oh. So, you know, it was 5 o'clock this morning. I dove into <laughs> my feed trying to find a tasty NBA nugget to, yeah. uh, you know, share and have some larfs. But I got distracted. I got distracted by this that kept popping up. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. guys seen this? Yeah. Random yeah. line from a movie that fans of it instantly know. Okay, so... I'm like, okay, I'm into this because I love trivia and I love movies mm-hmm. and I'm going to be great at this. And I sucked really badly. So I grabbed oh. the So what do you mean you sucked? You were reading people's So yeah, they did. They, uh, they, they, they post the, lines. Yeah, they post the picture. And it's hard to find too because there's no hashtag. It's not, yeah. it's not uh, trending or whatever. So uh, I... Um, I, I just grabbed them. I just like was going deep, deep, deep into my feed looking for them, trying to find one that I could get. Could mm-hmm. not get a single one. So I grabbed the four that I found. And I just wanted to see if it was just me or if I'm old or if I'm sleep deprived. I just want to see if you guys can get <laughs> oh, these yeah. because I could not. And keep in mind, I've seen all of these films. Uh, one of them I've seen at least 25 times. It's one of oh my, my favorite God. movies. So I couldn't come up with it. Okay. So, okay. okay so here we go. First one is from Jamal Hill. Yep. The quote is, I'm sure you'd love to be free. Maybe go out and meet some Latin guy that can dance, grind up on you, make you feel dangerous, but also safe. Uh, Anyone? Nope. No. Um, any guesses? Trey? I'm seeing like- Rushmore. Okay. The team. Okay. It's, I mean, it's not Rushmore. Oh, uh, um, no idea. No I idea. think Vince Vaughn said this line in the movie. Swingers? Old no, school? No. Uh, you're getting warmer with old school. Uh, what's that one with um, uh, Luke Wilson? Is oh, yeah. Wedding Crashers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Okay. okay. Good. Yeah, wow. That's, that's, come up with it. that's a memorable line from I, Wedding Crashers? I think the I mean, idea is that it's supposed to be obscure, right? Because it's uh, like you're supposed to come up with it instantly. Uh, okay, okay, the problem okay. is I'm a fan of that movie, but I, could, I didn't come yeah, up with it at movie. all. Okay, okay, here's another one. I just bet my balls and shook on it. This is from Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Now, this is an old movie. Okay. It's got Tom Hanks in it. It's one of his very, very, very early movies. No, earlier. Oh, wow. Uh, like, I, it might be his first movie off, wow. uh, off wow. of uh, uh, Bosom Buddies. Turner and Hooch? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a screwball <laughs> sex comedy. Mm. Something you would uh. not think that Tom Hanks given his career oh. since then would be it. right 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 Splash? like it sounds like a lloyd bridges like the uh you know um what's that hot shots or something like that mm, uh i oh, know you're thinking top shot i got no idea what is okay it? it's bachelor party oh gee i don't even know what yeah, that movie never is. even heard of it yeah, right yeah. No. Okay. what is that it's, a, it's obviously a, it's a, a Tom Hanks comedy when he it's was It's a screwball comedy. He's got guys about to get married and he goes on he goes on his bachelor party and and shit gets crazy. That's it. Oh, okay. so, good? But I've seen that movie. It couldn't come out. Eh, is it good? I don't know. I haven't seen oh, it since okay. the 80s, so okay. who knows. Uh, next one. Wendell Pierce. The great Wendell Pierce. Bunk yeah. from um, uh, The Wire. Uh, what we have here is a failure to communicate. Oh. Now, this is a super famous line. It's yeah. super famous. I've seen this movie probably 10 times. Anything. Full metal jacket? It's um uh, no. 
Oh, it's I a know. prison it's film. It's a prison film. Prison film. It's, a prison uh, film. it's not Lethal Weapon. Is no, 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 no. no. It's um because it's oh, in cool. the Guns N' Roses song. Uh, cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. Very good. Very nice. Good. Oh. Greg Sinat in the stream oh, okay. team came ah, through. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, wow. and then the, the last one. This is the oh, movie that I've seen twenty five times. I've seen this movie. I love this movie. It's from Will Arnett. Sitting down to enjoy my holiday. Anything. I mean, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And that's what I thought, actually, no, no. Uh, at first. No, it's a British sort of comedy. It's a cult classic, like oh. 1987. Hot fuzz? No, Whitnail and I. Yes, Whitnail and I. Oh, Whitnail and I. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah oh, it's so good. God, that, that's um, tough, that's, man. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, um, Hugh Laurie, is it? No, no, not Hugh Laurie. Not Hugh Laurie. It's, um, uh, oh, no, I'm going to... Um, it is... Oh, uh, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. Anyway, was, I felt very stupid reading those. Sure. Uh, you guys got any lines you want to share? Oh, I mean, so... Test me. Oh, okay. I've got, I've got well, one. Yeah, well, go ahead, we, Lee. Go okay, ahead. well, uh, this one's actually more for Skeets and JD. I don't think Trey's seen this movie, but uh, I'm pretty sure Skeets and JD have seen it. Okay. Why would I shoot a guy, bang... And then stick me in a car and whiz him off to the hospital at 100 miles an hour. It defeats a purpose having shot him in the first place. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I what must be doing? the bloody only, only bloody standover man who provides a medical plan for some of these clowns. Lock, stock, and... No, no, no. no. You should oh, know, yeah, Skids. We were talking guess. about it not too long ago. We were talking about this movie. Yeah. Is it British? British? No, it's not British. Oh, oh. But it's not American. Oh, it's Australian. <laughs> Australian. That's oh, um, Chopper. Chopper. Yeah, there uh, you go. Never yeah. seen that. Yeah. Never seen oh, it. you haven't seen it? I thought you'd no, seen that. No, I haven't. No. Oh. Oh, I think you'd like <laughs> it. Huh. Trey, right, do you got one? Dude, you got a tattoo. <laughs> dude, dude, what's Good my one. tattoo say? Sweet, what about mine? Dude, what's mine say? Sweet, what about mine? Anybody know? Oh, Dude, where's my car? My car? <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, that, that part of that movie is hilarious the first time. <laughs> if you see that when you're sick as a dog, man, that is so funny. Oh, right, right. You watched is that it, the one you, has, you had dysentery or something? Yeah, in, in, in Damascus in Syria. That was the only movie it was on. It was on repeat all day. <laughs> I was in the fetal possession all, position all day, and that came on, and I was like, I don't want to watch this visual. movie. What uh, a visual. What a visual. Oh my I god. I simply have to watch it. Because <laughs> I'm in. Alright. Uh, well you guys know my love of, you guys know my love of this movie, so maybe you'll just get it. Hollywood Mike Miranda makes his second dramatic exit of the day. Oh, that's rad, baby. That's yeah. rad, baby. That's, that's hell track. Mike Miranda going down for the second time. Apparently, he uh, apparently um he was paid five hundred dollars for each time he fell when they shot the movie Rad. He was a real BMX <laughs> rider, and he falls three times in Hell Track alone. So he made fifteen hundred bucks right That's there. Not, not a bad, bad. day's work uh, for bad. Hollywood Mike Miranda. Do you have one of, of your own, JD? I uh, I don't. I no, don't. okay, I okay. Just, I put way too much time into this already. So. I, got I, one, I got one last little quick one. You should get this one, JD. <laughs> yeah. Leave the gun. Take the cannolis. Oh, uh, is that, uh, that's Godfather. Yeah. 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 Godfather. Hey, let me do uh, the most famous line from one of the most famous movies ever. I forgot. Yeah. I I forgot about that line. I forgot about that line. I was like, oh, that's a great line. Yeah. Hold on. I got one. Luke, I am your father. (laughs) Uh, I loved uh, Zach Harper's tweet on this. Welcome 
to Jurassic, to Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> I was dying. Legit dying. I thought it was so funny, That's too. Great. Yeah, All fans right. of that movie would recognize that right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we get it. Mm-hmm. All right, great one. I think that that whole movie sort of tweet thing that you, that you had there, uh, JD, I think it was like the second iteration. I feel like there was a, a lyrics one going around first. Oh, really? Oh, like okay. the first, uh, what's the best? I don't know if it was best or something like the first line from a lyric that you would know the song right away. Mm. I think, unless I have it backwards and I just saw it backwards on my Twitter um, feed. But yeah, there's. it was done like that thing too. Or, you know, that, that what do you board, call that? This, this yeah, thing. that board. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Cool. Board. The marquee or something. Awesome. That'll be my tweet next week. <laughs> ah, nice. Yes. Lee, what's your favorite opening line to a song? To a song. Yeah. The lyric, uh, opening lyric to a song. Uh, <laughs> uh, is there a doctor in the house? Yeah, that that's that, that's not the opening lyric, but you know whenever that whenever Bon Jovi says that, you know what's coming next. <laughs> that's concert banter that's not a lyric <laughs> yeah but it, it's technically default it's an opening lyric because it's like <laughs> yeah! oh my god this guy must have slept well eh? like last night regularity is key you know yeah Okay, pick them results. Uh, last <laughs> wow, this show turned into a long show. We were making great time earlier, but yeah, we were not anymore. The rails, yeah. Uh, the game we had was Rockets Wizards. Wizards were favored by one and a half. Remember, we were coming into this one, or at least on yesterday's show. Is Westbrook playing? Is Westbrook playing? He doesn't usually play in back to back. Oh, Russ played. Played okay too. Helped the Wizards get the victory. Beal outdueling his ex-teammate John Wall. So the Wizards win. Tass and I got it right. We took Washington to win by two or more. So Tass is five and six. I'm six and five. Lee, you're five and six after the loss, and Trey is in last right now at four and seven. Tonight's game, guys, I think there's six games on in total. Denver, Boston. Nuggets on the road. Celtics have been reeling a little bit here, but they're favorite by three and a half. Um, Trey, let's start with you. Who, who do you like in this one? Nuggets have been playing pretty well. I think they're on a three-game win streak right now, if I'm not mistaken. And the Celtics are a little bit of a softy-wafty inside. So give me Denver. Oh, okay. Denver uh, getting points there, which is a little perplexing. Lee, where do you go with this one? Yeah, this is tough because the Celtics have been stinking lately. Um, But I think they're due to bounce back. Mm. Uh, Three and a half is... Maybe a point more than I would like, but I'll take the Celtics to win by four. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Lee. I'm only picking the Celtics here just because I think something's off with this line. What's going on? What do they know? What do they know that we don't know? So I'll take Boston to win by four or more, too. Though, like Trey said, I mean, Denver's playing better than Boston. So a bit of a strange one. Let's find out who Tass has. Looks like there's some line movement on this one. I think people are putting their money on the Nuggets. So I'm going to take the Celtics because I like overthinking things. Well, there you go. Tass and I uh, sharing the same brain there with our thinking. So three of us taking Boston to win by four or more. Trey, the only one with the pre-swerve. Pre-swerve. You got to feel pretty good about that, I I think, actually. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, so we'll see uh, tonight. Again, six games on, TNT doubleheader. Enjoy those. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, of course, with The Daily Show. Tass, what you need to know earlier uh, in the day. Then The Daily Show 10, live on YouTube, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then we got Beach Stepping tomorrow. So get your questions in for that. No dunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We're on our way to 40K. So help us get there by sharing the show and making sure you 
help defeat the YouTube algorithm by liking and comment and all the good stuff. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't already. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. $3.99 a month what a for deal. some phenomenal writing. I mean, I, would, I shared like three or four athletic bangers yesterday uh, from just the NBA world, okay? I don't have a lot of time for the other sports going on right ah. now. But man, just that alone, I'm like, look at this for $3.99 a month. And then, oh yeah, if you're a, you know, obviously a soccer fan, if you're whatever, a fan of any other sport, you're getting also that. That's mind-boggling to me. So go check Get that out. Get in now. Yeah. It helps support the show. It helps support The Athletic. And we yeah. got trade season coming right around the bend. Skeetsy, you're going to want that John Hollinger in your life. Yeah, that's a great, great point. So theathletic.com slash nodunk. Sign up for your uh, subscription. Uh, go through that link. Helps us out. Helps, uh, obviously, The Athletic out. So $3.99, that's, that's nothing. That's peanuts. Uh, I know it's tough times at times right, uh, for a lot of people right now. I get that. I get it. Uh, but, you know, if you don't have that coffee or if you don't order that one meal, you, you know, actually make your own food for once, uh, then you can probably afford it. So good luck. Go get it. You're going to like it. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, what was Lee doing on Vooch Island? Watching every master class. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.